0: Make make some noise for James. There we go. Come on, come on. I feel like Hulk here. All right. Hey, guys. All right, James. It's all yours, brother. (laughs) Thanks for that, Derek. Uh, Yeah. Wow, I only hope I can live up to that. Well, let me do my best. All right. For people who don't know, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I live here in Japan, where it is already tomorrow morning, and I can tell you that the sun does rise tomorrow, so... Thank you uh, for having me here. And uh, I told this story when Derek was on Solutions Watch recently, but I'll tell it again here. Uh, when Derek asked me to be part of this Greater Reset Activation and he said, S- give us something you can teach people that they can take home about how to do something, how to build community, how to take back their tech, something tangible. And I thought to myself, what can I really, honestly, No BS, no selling the sizzle instead of the steak, no hype. Really teach people about. And hey, I'm a researcher. I'm a researcher and a podcaster. So I could teach people how to put together a podcast or a vodcast um, these days, uh, or I could teach people how to research online. So if people are interested in how to put together a podcast, perhaps I can do a future solutions watch on that. But for today, we're going to look at how to do online research. It is a common question that I receive, that I've received many times over the years. How do you do your research? That's kind of an unanswerable question because it always depends on what you're researching. And so it it can take a million different forms and it looks a million different ways. So I am going to attempt to live research some things for you right here on air, so to speak. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. This will will either be an action-packed, informative, life-affirming, awesome podcast that you will want to watch and re-watch many times, or it will be eye-wateringly boring. Most likely some admixture of the two. Research is not always exciting, but it is certainly valuable. And it is a skill that, at the very least, even if you're not a researcher who is putting this together for some sort of presentation or something, at the very least, just to sort out information from disinformation and seeing how you can draw the line between the two is as we all know, increasingly important because it does exist. Misinformation, disinformation, etc. So how do you go about putting the pieces together? Well, I'm going to attempt to answer some questions. I've received many, many questions. Can you verify this? What about this? Can you find this? So let's do it live on air. Why not? Let's give it a try. First of all, This is of course specifically about online research because we are gathered here today uh, electronically. But of course online research is not the only type of research. It's not even necessarily the best type of research. Uh, The book, uh, which way is the camera facing? The bookshelf behind me here is not just for show. Those books really are an important part of the research that I conduct. And if you've been following, for example, my new Al Qaeda documentary about the history of Al Qaeda, There are dozens and dozens and dozens of books that are linked up in the references and notes uh, that are there in the transcript for that documentary. And that's not a mistake. That's not by accident. That's not by coincidence. That's because books are an incredibly important and increasingly important part of the research that I do. I find it less and less valuable, really, to listen to people blathering on on podcasts, (laughs) even like the ones that I put out, (laughs) and more and more valuable to turn to actual books that have incredible amounts of information, so do not discount that. Although, then again, these physical books that I have behind me are only a fraction of my overall library, which does include electronic books in many different formats. And I have talked about that um, before as a research resource that people might not know about. And so, actually, why don't we start there? Um, We have here, of course, CorbettReport.com. But I... I talked in a Solutions Watch not too long ago about, I believe I called it research resources you should know about, so let's just search research resources. There we go. And oh, uh uh-oh, no script. Of course. I hope everybody is using some form of privacy protection on their browser when they browse so that you have to turn it on so that you can actually see the various scripts that are embedded in various sites. That's just good privacy practice all around. But anyway, so you get in here. Okay, so research resources you should know about. And if you go and watch this actual episode, you'll see about RSS. You'll see about um, uh, how to access the Library of Alexandria, where I talked about archive.org, the Television Archive, Understanding 9-11. These are some great resources in here, and I'll let you watch this video to get more Uh, information about it. But one of the things I talk about specifically is how to access the Library of Alexandria. What on earth is that? It's archive.org, where in this edition of uh, Solutions Watch, I talked about a question that I received about, uh, you know, there's this book by Boris Johnson's father that I can't find. It's extremely expensive. It's hard to find. I found it in about 10 seconds of searching just by going to archive.org and typing the book's name in here. (laughs) And I won't redo that demonstration. You can watch it here. But archive.org can be an extremely useful um, tool for that. And of course, there there are many other repositories and websites out there where you can download books uh, disrespecting intellectual property laws. Um, but anyway, they, they exist out there and electronic books can be an important part of the research mix as well. But let's get into some actual questions. So the first question that I have loaded up today is from Shelley who wrote, uh, I am trying to locate a transcript or video of a Frontline PBS episode from February 1987. The name of the episode is The Nazi Connection. I have searched for it multiple times over the past several years. Today is the closest I've been able to get. I'm hoping you can help me out. I've been a fan of yours for years. You do great research. Okay, thank you, Shelley. All right, let's, let's start. So, of course, we go to we go search for this information at google.com. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course, we do not start at google.com. These days, I tend to start my searches at DuckDuckGo. And hey, there are many searches out there, search engines out there. And uh, I certainly don't advocate one over another. In fact, I generally say you should use different search engines to and cross-verify results. And there are things that can help you do that, that can search multiple search engines at once, etc. But for the purposes of today, let's start at DuckDuckGo. That might be a future topic for Solutions Watch, actually. Search engines and how to use them and what ones to use. But for today, we'll just start here. And uh, let's... Okay, we've got some information here. PBS, Frontline. Good. All right. Uh, We have the actual name of the episode, right? The Nazi Connection. Put it in quotation marks. That's a... Boolean operator, woo, look at me busting out the terminology there. Uh, Boolean operators are things that you can add to your searches in order to limit the results. In this case, when you use quotation marks like this in a search, it's going to look for that exact phrase and only show you results that contain that exact phrase, the Nazi connection. I am hoping, I'm trusting Shelley has the name of this episode correct, Let's find out if we can at the very least start to... Well, (laughs) here it is apparently on YouTube. (laughs) Let's see if it's actually there in its entirety. Oh, video unavailable. Well, there you go. The video is no longer available due to a copyright claim. Okay, all right. Well, boy, do I have some potential workarounds for that. So let's go to the address bar, copy that address, open up a new tab. Let's go back to archive.org and let's just paste that in there. If I can get a paste. There we go. And the Wayback Machine is going to do its thing. Now here's something I didn't know until recently. The Wayback Machine is not just for archiving text. It has in the past occasionally successfully snapshotted videos that actually can play YouTube videos. Uh, It doesn't always work. In fact, I might say it doesn't usually work, but sometimes the uh, video will actually be preserved here. So let's see if they've got it. Uh, Unfortunately, this is the unexciting part of research. It's waiting for connections and waiting for slow servers and things along those lines. It's not my internet, folks. It's the Wayback Machine takes a while, but hey, if it works, It can be valuable. Um, While we're waiting for that, actually, why don't we just go back and see what else we've got here? Okay, so we've got a before-its-news post about this. Uh, We've got the IMDb, um, Internet Movie Database, which will just contain information about this episode. But at any rate, yes, definitely Frontline TV episode, 1987, The Nazi Connection. So all of Shelley's information seems to check out there. Uh, We have some very (laughs) strange-looking abesu.org, which I'm not going to touch with a 10-foot pole without going through 17 proxies because <laughs> I have no idea what that site is or <laughs> what type of information it might contain. Oh, sorry, the Wayback Machine does not have this video archived. All right, so unfortunately, that's not going to come in handy here. So, that the easiest one is gone. All right, there are definitely some sketchy-looking Russian sites that seem to have this uh, in various ways. Uh, I, as I say, I'm not going to touch a sketchy looking website like that without going through proxies and or um, other tricks to try to preserve my privacy and protect my computer, I suggest you do the same. Um, But, all right, anyway, we have some leads. Uh, Before it's news, I've certainly come across this website before. Let's see if they have the actual link to the video here. Uh, It certainly doesn't seem so, oh yes, video unavailable. It's always a link to the YouTube, of course. All right, so at any rate, we've got some leads and uh, there are definitely some sketchy looking websites that claim to have this and I'll, uh, I'll leave you to research that more at your own leisure if you want. But anyway, those are some ways that I would start going about finding this information. Um, so there's a few leads there. Uh, let's move on to the next question. We have Nossi who wrote, please help me find the primary source for this document. Fact checkers didn't even provide a link to it and Google is acting up. I am going to use this to save my job, much appreciated. Okay, and I have no idea what this is, but they sent me a Twitter link. And once again, remember to activate your scripts if you trust a website. I don't really trust Twitter, but anyway. (laughs) Adverse drug reactions. Okay, World Health Organization. Vidja Access was launched by the World Health Organization in 2015 to provide public access to information in VidjaBase, the WHO global database of reported potential side effects of medicinal products. Vaccine or drug name? Uh, total ADR adverse adverse drug reactions. Yours, uh, operative. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I think what this is attempting to show us is the number of adverse reactions being reported for these various uh, medicines. Quote unquote. And COVID 19 absolutely dwarfs by an order of magnitude any of the others, and it's only been for one year. So we've got this link here, which of course is not an actual link. This is just a photo. And this is why, by the way, uh, Ryan Christian points this out on The Last American Vagabond all the time, and let me echo it do not just post a screenshot, a meme, or a screenshot of an article and say, hey guys, here it is, it proves everything. If you have the link to the information, post the link to the information. Um, Because this, hey, it looks great, but hey, I could do this up in Photoshop in two minutes and I could completely make it up. Oh yeah, well COVID-19 vaccine has 18 trillion reported adverse reactions. Take that, vaxxers. Um, It could be complete misinformation because there's no direct access. At the very least, this one, has something called Vigia Access. Vigia Access was launched by the WHO. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of the term Vigia Access. So let's let's search that before we start going around. Oh, yeah, I should probably... Why don't I allow DuckDuckGo as well? All right. Um, Vigia Access, WHO database on the Bible Science Forum. Um, all right. Uh, Uppsala Monitoring Center. Uh, WHO database from Daily Expose, COVID call to humanity. Ah, here's the fact check. Here's where we're going. <laughs> you know the fact checkers are gonna come out on this one. Video on World Health Organization's VIGIA access tool lacks a context. Uh-huh. The claim: the World Health Organization's VIGIA access tool shows death reactions from COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, da amid the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, an October 6 Facebook video depicts a screen recording of someone scrolling through the Vigia access tool. The database purportedly shows thousands of reported reactions to COVID-19, including cardiac disorders, blood loss, pregnancy issues, and deaths. Deaths and causation, the user captioned the video, which accumulated more than 11,000. da 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 watermark on the bottom left reveals the user who obtained the clips, from the Instagram page of kinesi- kine- kinesiologist James Wang, who shared the clip on October 2nd. Over 2 million C-19 injuries reported to in WHO. But the post misinterprets the data in Vigia Access. The submitted reports are not verified and cannot be used to conclude that an adverse effect was caused by a vaccine. Uh, okay, so this, I, again, I haven't done the deep dive. I haven't read about Vigia Access and how it works, but it sounds like the VAERS database where they're going to say, oh, these are just self-reported things. There's no screening. We These aren't confirmed. These aren't doctors reporting it. It's self-reporting. So we, oh, we can't trust the, what these random users say. How dare they, right? Okay. Well, anyway, um, so this is the way they're going to try to fact check it away. Uh, it is not possible to draw conclusions about the safety of a medical... Yeah. So why do you have Vidya Access? <laughs> it provides us no information, and it's not worth looking into the incredible explosion of reported injuries. <laughs> Just disregarded in this case. Okay, well, they at the very least, they have this, a useful tool for health agencies. And this link seems to be going to, as you can see at the bottom of the window, FDA.gov, drugs surveillance questions and answers fda's adverse events reporting system FAIRS, which has to be separate from from who's Vigia Access. i don't know let's let's check all right so here we are. The FDA adverse event reporting system is a database that contains adverse events, uh, medication error reports, product quality, blah, 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 fares, da-da-da-da-da, fares, fares, fares. Let's, let's just see if they have anything about Vija access in particular here. We'll do a command F, Vija access, and search. No, phrase not found. So this, apparently, this link, uh, at least from what I'm seeing and what I understand at this point, has nothing whatsoever to do with the WHO Vigia Access tool. So I don't know again why USA Today is linking to that um, specifically. Um, but anyway, there you go. Okay, maybe maybe that fares relies on Vigia Access data. I'm not sure. Anyway, that that's an entire sidebar here to this discussion about WHO. But let's see if we can find the actual WHO link. Here is a WHO link open access to WHO global pharmacovigilance data. Uh, promoting global d- drug safety through VIGIA access. All right, so we're getting close, right? Uh, how does pharmacovigilance work? What is VIGIA base? base? is the name of the WHO Global Database of Individual Case Study Reports. Largest and most comprehensive database in the world, developed by UMC on behalf of WHO and its member states, blah, blah, blah. What is Vigia Access? Vigia Access is a user-friendly web application that will allow the public to access VigiBase and will be launched on 17th of April, 2015. Okay. Don't give us a link. How, yeah, what would be the point of that? All right, let's search the WHO site for Vigia Access. Type it in there. And, uh attempt to enter, but I can't because, of course, I'm not allowing the scripts here. So this is all part of the fun of actually being safe with your data. Uh, and now I've lost. <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, hmm. There's none in there that I actually want to. Well, let's just go to the home and see if we can access something there. Uh, da-da-da-da, nope, dead end. Um, Let's go back. Ooh. Vija access. Uh, let's search specifically through the WHO site, site, who.int. And I don't know if you have to put that at the beginning or the end. I always put it at the beginning. So let's put it at the beginning. Site, who.int, Vija access. This is going to uh, search specifically the WHO's website, their, that domain and everything underneath that domain for the word VG access." So presumably, if it is on the WHO site, it'll be here. Okay, so now we have only WHO pages. Uh, we have the that press release that we just looked at, of course. That's why it's in purple. Uh, WHO launches open access, WHO program for international drug monitoring. It's very interesting to me that just immediately... No results for Vidya Access. <laughs> so the WHO website does not have any results for... I don't know what's going on here. This is very strange. But okay, let's take a look. WHO launches. Oh, we have revamped our website. This, the, the link you've selected is no. It sound is very much looking to me just at first glance here. like They have removed Vigia access Access from their website. Um regulation and pre-qualification, uh, WHO program, blah, 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 blah Vigibase. Oh, Vidja Access. Oh, here we go. Now we've got a link, and this is apparently going to a different website, VigiAccess.org, which for some reason wasn't coming up on the initial search. Http secure site not available. Oh, good. So they don't even have HTTPS enabled on their website, which immediately tells you, that this is probably, uh, it was launched in 2015, back before HTTPS became the norm. So, have they not updated in years? What is going on here? All right, let's hold our collective nose and continue to the non-HTTPS secured website. Um, If people don't know about HTTPS, you should look into that and what it is and why it's important. But anyway, all right, so uh, here we are on a very unresponsive and uninteresting looking page, let's allow some scripts and see what comes up. A special note regarding COVID-19 vaccine data. Of course, they got to put this right up front and center. To see VIGIA-based data on COVID-19 vaccines, search for COVID-19 vaccine. Please note that VIGIA access, as a result of terminology used to structure the information, will group the data for vaccines by disease. For example, measles vaccine, mumps vaccine. This means that even searches for exact trade names, such as Comirnaty or Covishield, will result in total number of cases reported for all COVID-19 vaccines. It is not possible in Vigia Access to separate the numbers for specific vaccines. Well, how useful. Sarcasm. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I've read and understood this very thoroughly. Trust me. So, uh, what did they say to search? COVID-19 vaccine? Was that what it was saying for me to search? Uh, yep. Okay. Adverse drug reactions. Oh, wow. Okay. Whoa. All right. So these are the reactions that they're listing here. And is this the number of reactions that are being reported? That's, that seems incredible. All right. Okay. And apparently you can highlight specific reaction, vascular disorders, product issues. That sounds very, uh, product temperature excursion issues, syringe issue, device connection issue, blah, blah, blah eye disorders, gastrointestinal disorders. All right, so a lot of things are apparently being reported here, and uh, just as this is my first time using this database, it doesn't look like I, I can't seem to get any more specific information about those reactions and what is being reported or how it's being reported. But anyway, this does seem to list the adverse drug reactions that are being reported here, and... We can get a geographical distribution. Interesting. Okay, so Europe is 49%. The Americas, 37%. Africa, 3 Asia, 7 Oceania, 4%. i am assuming that's just because of the numbers that are being involved here and the fact that Europe and the Americas are the most vaccinated at this point. But I'm not sure that makes sense. Asia. Again, does this include all of the Chinese versions of the, uh, the COVID-19 vaccines, the Russian ones? Or is this... I mean, it has to be the WHO recommended ones, right? Well, anyway, age group distribution, patient sex distribution, and ADR reports per year. Well, one would expect there would... Well, there you go. There are COVID-19 vaccine adverse drug reaction reports from 2015, (laughs) 2016, 2017, 2018, 100 from 2019. Some sort of preliminary trial? 2013? Yeah, so right away, what is that about? That seems interesting. Perhaps we could get more information about that. Anyway, uh, there's an FAQ here, so we could read about the frequently asked questions, but it's not going to tell us probably anything of importance about these. And let's see if there's anywhere we can actually... well, okay, now suddenly we're at the Uppsala Monitoring Center, where presumably we could get more information. I'm just trying to see if there's anything on the Access site that would allow for... Contact, asking them questions directly. Why not? Uh, no. Nope, it's just a database. You just search it. So maybe we could ask UMC and get in touch. So we could ask them, hey, UMC. Of course, I have to allow some scripts. But hey, UMC, why? Why are you listing 2015... Adverse drug reactions for the COVID-19 vaccines. That would be my first question. Anyway, uh, the original question was looking for the primary source of that tweet. And this seems to be at least a source. Again, those numbers that were on that tweet, I don't know, like, what at what time was that compiled? Because obviously, if that tweet was from several months ago, that would be several months old. Again, if you don't provide a link to data, it might as well. It's not worth the paper it's not printed on, so... Um, Anyway, this is where I would start a search like this, Um, but we have other questions, so let's move on to the next question. Uh, Mons, M O N Z asks, I caught interview number 018, 2008, January 13th, with Daniel Taylor, where Mr. Taylor mentions a document I've seen referenced in other places, and I've done an exhaustive search. However, I cannot find the original document, entitled... Bypassed by an alternate carrier of acquired unresponsiveness to HCG upon repeated immunizations with tetanus conjugate vaccine, confirming method of inducing sterility requires multiple vaccinations. (sighs) Mr. Taylor presented it as something of a smoking gun on the sterilization angle of the greater eugenics agenda. The title of the document might say it all, but I very much want to read it for myself. I'm hoping you have come across it at some point and might be willing to share as the library of Alexandria fire continues to rage. I'm glad people are referencing that. All right. Thanks for all you do. All right. So, excellent. Right, we have some very specific information to start with, which always helps. The more specific you can make the question, the more likely you are to get a specific answer. So, uh, let's go back to corporatereport.com. Off the top of my head, I I do remember Daniel Taylor, oldthinkernews.com, which I don't know. Hey, I don't know if that's still around. Let's uh, Let's do a search. First, let's search it through the search engine just to see if the site isn't is still around um well there's there's the youtube channel i remember that he had uh, yeah daniel taylor old thinker news Although Old Thinker News itself doesn't seem to be up. Anyway, interesting. Um, but Daniel Taylor was a previous guest. So there are a number of different ways If uh, for people who are always asking me, how do I find this thing on your website? Uh, really, 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 people, we need to start understanding basic ways of how to use and search information on websites because you are being deliberately dumbed down to just accept whatever information is coming through your feed at any given time. I have the Twitter app. I have the YouTube app. Or I just have a smart TV where I can just use the search button on YouTube to search for a thing. And it's not on there, so I guess it doesn't exist. We have to start taking control of this technology so that we can actually use it. And one thing to do would be to familiarize yourself with how to search through a website. So we have some information here. For example, we have the name Daniel Taylor, which you could use. You could search that and presumably interview 18, first thing that pops up. If you search 018, you're going to get... All of the 018s, November 2018, for example, Summer 2018, uh, Bilderberg 2018, It's 2018, New year World next year 2018. But eventually, when you scroll down, oh, it's not on this page because we got Corporate Report Radio, etc. There we go, Interview 18, Daniel Taylor. Um, the other way to do it, you can pull it up through interviews, uh, and then whew, you can scroll all the way back. Wow to interview18, and you can pull it up that way directly. So anyway, several ways to find it. Daniel Taylor joins us to talk about the history and future of eugenics and to tell us about his website, oldthinkernews.com. All right. So this was 2008. So we're talking 14 years ago. So uh, again, this is old, an old, old interview. So I'm glad people are actually going through and listening to some of the old interviews. Please apologize for the audio and my general presentation demeanor, etc., Uh, I'd like to think I've improved things a bit over the last 15 years. But anyway, some of the early podcasts are difficult for me to listen to because of the poor audio quality, etc. But the question specifically is about this document that apparently Daniel Taylor mentioned in this interview as a smoking gun on the sterilization example, uh, angle of the greater eugenics agenda. So, thankfully, the exact title, or what I am presuming to be an exact title, was in this email. So I'm going to... Copy and paste that. Now, when I put this in, you'll see in the search bar here, this again is the Boolean operators. It's got the, uh, the quotation mark at the beginning and end. So if this is the exact title, it should show up here. Interesting. All right, well, the one result. We have literally one result. You know, just out of curiosity, just for curiosity's sake, let's try a different one. Um, uh, a Search engine I used to use don't use anymore because it tends to just be google results which are not useful to me but anyway let's let's give it a try well, let's copy and paste that in and see what we get from start page oh and let's allow a script i guess okay da 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 resend yada yada and let's see if they come out. Oh, they don't get anything on start page. All right, we could try the uh, the search engine game and try a few different search engines. But let's just go, again, Sheepkillers.com. <laughs> I have, oh, yeah, it's not even going to be. I have no idea what this site is. So let's just copy that link. And let's go to our good friends at archive.today. I hope you know about this site. Instead of giving a sketchy link your direct traffic, how about... Well, let's just get archive.today to do its magic and archive it for us so we don't have to access their servers directly. And we'll end up, when this process is done, again, research is not always exciting, but uh, <laughs> when this is done loading, we will get that site, which will presumably have a link to this. Uh, the other thing that we can be doing in the meantime, let's go back to a search window and let's take that incredibly lengthy article title. Uh, The thing about these Boolean operators, these quotation marks, is that the more that you have in between, the less likely you are to have an exact match. Because everything, even including the uh, apostrophes here, the, the single quotes, will be included in this. And if anything is different, it will not show up. So, how about just that? That seems like enough bypass by an alternate carrier of acquired unresponsiveness to HCG seems like enough to go on in order to get an exact match if one exists. So let's see. Okay. So now we have a lot more matches because, again, if anything in that title is different, the whole thing will be different. So uh, this one is apparently called humoral hyper to a conjugate, blah, blah, blah. But I see that exact title here. Again, a vaccine that prevents pregnancy in women. I see the exact title that was being searched for. There, so there's there's some examples here, and I don't see the I don't see the exact title in any of these results, but I see them inside the results. So let's just click on one of them, and this is NIH.gov. This is the uh, uh, NCBI. I can't remember what that stands for, but this is a, a very common thing. If you're searching through medical journals, you will probably find a link like this. And so here's this humoral hyper-responsiveness to a conjugate contraceptive. Again, this isn't obviously. This is not. That article that was being referenced in particular, but again, we can command F and search because obviously that bypass by an alternate. There we go. Okay, bypass by an alternate carrier of acquired unresponsiveness to HCG upon repeated human. That sounds like the one. So we could go to PubMed or Google Scholar. Well, let's avoid Google like the plague if we can. And bypass by an alternate carrier of acquired unresponsiveness to HCG upon repeated immunization. So this is not the article itself. This is just the abstract, because of course, science has to go behind the paywall. Now there is the site that uh, you can use to look up a lot of scientific articles that are behind paywalls like this. And the site is going to escape my attention as I'm here doing this live presentation. Anyway, I'll put it in the show notes for people who are interested in that. But there is... um, Psy something open. Size, I can't remember. I uh, anyway, there is a site that you can use to search for the free versions of these paywalled articles. But anyway, this is it. Obviously, this is the the article, and there's the information about the authors and uh, int immunol international immunology 1992. Blah, blah blah blah. So of course, if you happen to have access to a university library, you should presumably be able to um, get that directly going through their sign-in, whatever, through their um, their library systems, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is the article, presumably, right? So, there we go. Problem solved. Okay, uh, let's move on to one from Zoe. Zoe has this question in. I'm sorry if you have covered this and I missed it, but what do you know about this quote apparently from Henry Kissinger? Once the herd, I won't, I won't do my Kissinger, never mind. Once the herd accepts mandatory forcible vaccination, it's game over. They will accept anything, forcible blood or organ donation, for the greater good. We can genetically modify children and sterilize them, for the greater good. Control sheep minds, and you control the herd. Vaccine makers stand to make billions, and many of you in this room today are investors. It's a big win-win. We thin out the herd, and the herd pays us for providing extermination services. Now what's for lunch, huh? I'm sorry. I, I have not looked into this. I guarantee you this is not a real quote, but let's Let's find out, shall we? Uh, I'm suspicious of it, yeah. (laughs) Good good radar there, Zoe. I think I'm suspicious too. I'm suspicious of it. It seems too on the nose. Yes. Generally, quotes like this that are so unbelievable, I can't believe he came right out and said exactly what we think the conspirators are saying. (laughs) Generally are not going to be sourceable. But anyway, uh, Zoe goes on to say, if anything is admitted, it is usually framed differently with words that make it sound fine if you are not listening properly. Also, he is supposed to have said it at the WHO Council for Eugenics. There is nothing openly called that, but what do I know? Well, okay. Okay, Zoe. Uh, No shame in asking the question. Why not ask the question? If you come across a quotation like that, if that quote was real, and really existed and really, oh my God, I can't believe Henry Kissinger said that. I would be, I mean, obviously blasting it from the rooftop. So let's find out, shall we? All right. Again, I have the quotation here from the email. So let me uh, let me take a representative sample. Again, not the whole thing, but enough of it that we can get the, um, the gist of it. And once again, we'll use our favorite Boolean operator, the quotation marks, in order to get that exact phrase, once the herd accepts Amanda. Mandatory forcible vaccination, it's game over. All right, let's see. Let's see what happens. All right. (laughs) And of course, the very first articles are going to be all the fact checkers. This, I think, is exactly what we were referencing earlier. Misinformation, disinformation. People will put out look here's a picture of Henry Kissinger and here's this quotation. Now go spread this around to everybody because he definitely said this at the WHO Council Council of Eugenics, Council for Eugenics, which definitely exists guys just don't look into it for yourself just spread this as much as possible and then the fact checkers come around and say there is no WHO Council for Eugenics and Kissinger never said this so you guys your dumb grandma just sent you this dumb meme she was wrong Anyway, well, let's see what the fact-checkers have to say about it. Let's go over to uh, PolitiFact. Uh, Facebook posts stated on June 20th, 2019. Another tactic that, again, Ryan Christian often talks about in the Daily Wrap-Up, which I agree with. The, the fact-checkers will always, always, always find the most obscure fringe version of a post or a claim in order to debunk it, to make it sound like this person with 13 followers on Twitter is the only person saying this crazy thing, (laughs) and it's totally false. And then (laughs) buried 18 paragraphs deep will be, well, actually, this is right in some, but it's in the wrong context, so we're calling it wrong. Anyway, that's a common tactic, so please be aware of that when searching through. But anyway, I I do suggest that you do take a look at the fact checks and the official sources, because honestly, they can be valuable. A, there can be valuable information in fact checks about these types of things. The De- debunking genuine disinformation that gets put out there so that people will forward it. And B, at the very least, you have to know what the official take is going to be on this thing in order so that you can better debunk debunk the debunkers, uh, as it were. But anyway, here we see, oh, it's a pants on fire rating. All right, let's see. Says Henry Kissinger said that once the herd accepts mandatory for the... Da, 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 I think we just saw that. Former Secretary of State, National Security Advisor, genocidal maniac Henry Kissinger, who influenced and controlled U.S. foreign policy from 69 to 76 under the auspices of uh, the Rockefellers. Da-da-da-da. Now a post recently shared on Facebook. Shares an alarming excerpt of the speech. And there's the the excerpt that we just read. Okay. Uh, Flagged as Facebook's efforts to combat false news. Let's cut to the chase. There is no evidence that Kissinger ever said or wrote this. We found other versions of the quote to also include the time and place. The World Health Organization Council on Eugenics, February 25th, 2009. Wow. Not often that you'll find a specific date for a quotation. That really does help to verify one way or the other. Uh, Anyway, when we contacted Christian Lindmeyer, a spokesperson for the WHO, he told us that not only are there no records in WHO archives of the speech, but a World Health Organization Council on Eugenics does not exist. We have no record of any such speech. Um, We also search Kissinger's website, which lists many. Kissinger did give a speech to the 45th. See, he is actually giving a speech. Oh, February 25th, 2009. He gave a speech on February 6th, 2009. So anyway, the discussion did not cover vaccinations. All right. So blah, blah, blah. Doesn't exist. All right. You know, this is the type of thing I, 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 I tend to believe there probably is a World Health Organization, or there probably is not a World Health Organization Council on Eugenics by that name in that way, because... The WA, this is the perfect red meat for the fact checkers to come along. You're so dumb, you didn't even check if that exists. So, uh, oh, by the way, yes. <laughs> All right, this is that sheep killers site that we were looking, that we were archiving earlier <laughs> so that you don't have to give them your s- traffic. Um, anyway, presumably that article we were looking at earlier is listed in here, but we've already found it, so we don't need this anymore. So uh, let's let's do a search for the World Health Organization Council on Eugenics and just see What comes up? Of course, Snopes. Yes, of course. Oh, brand new tube. So there is a video talking about this and why. Okay. False claim, Reuters, eugenicsanddepopulation.blogspot.com. Okay. This is interesting because this, this is saying, if I'm reading this correctly, yes. And if you look at the URL at the bottom, this post from eugenicsanddepopulation.blogspot.com was from 2009, September of 2009. Just... Presumably, just a few months after this speech was presumably made, right? That's actually really interesting, isn't it? Um, all right. Well, let's just see what they have to say, because that's that's interesting enough. So once again, I'll go the archive.today route with that blog spot. Weren't they, aren't they a Google subsidiary? I think something like that. Anyway, we'll just get that cooking in the background and move on. Access to Controlled Medications Program. Mm, World Health Organization... I have no idea why that's coming up, but I'm interested in that, so I'll bring it up. Um, nofakenews.net. What did Kissinger really say? I don't even know nof- Nofakenews.net. That sounds like... Uh, that could either be an official establishment fact-checker site, or it could be a, an alt-media site. That, I really don't know. Uh, International Federation of Eugenics Organizations. Um I'm not sure I'm familiar with the IFEO, so that's interesting. Transcript. Kissinger's remarks at 2009 something. Let's just bring that up and see what it is. 2009 Mockins lecture. This is not that date that was being cited, January 15th, 2009, but let's just on a whim, let's just see if the word vaccine, no, does not show up anywhere here. So this is presumably not that quote, okay. Uh, Just to satisfy. Mandatory? No. Vaccination? No. No, so it's not that. Although, why did that come out for that search? Anyway, interesting. All right, uh, well, February 2009, World Health Organization briefing note. February 2009, well, that is that is the date in question, isn't it? Access to Control Medications Program, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's just see if they have the word mandatory in here. And phrase not found. Vaccine, I'm sure that, no, not even the word vaccine. Um, sterilization. Sterile. No, not the word sterile. Let's look for the word eugenics. The word eugenics is not in here. So why is this document coming up in that search? Isn't that interesting? Again, just some interesting things. So I would have to do some more actual reading through here to see if there was anything that was actually of relevance to this, but at least at first glance not. Let's find out about the International Federation of Eugenics Organizations, an international organization of groups. Oh, by the way, yes, this is Wikipedia. And yes, if there is a post like this that just explains what something is, I will use Wikipedia as a starting point for that. Wikipedia is not a source. You do not cite Wikipedia. I read it on Wikipedia. It was true. This is just the preliminary whatever. Oh, this is what they want us to know about this thing called IFEO. And if there is any action to be found, it will be down at the bottom. As researchers would know, down in the references and in the footnotes. Although, yeah, they're all going to be these are all going to be links to uh, books. Um, Bashford and Austin, 2010, page 156. I don't have that book. I don't have easy access to a library here in Japan that will likely have access to that book. So what am I going to do if I need that book? Um, Nothing, apparently, because I can't get that link. Let me uh, allow the evil script and see if I can... No, I can't. Okay, well, anyway, here it is. Here is the book, Bashford and... Austin, The Oxford Handbook of the History of Eugenics. Well, that sounds like an interesting book, doesn't it? So let's head on over to that archive.org and just see if they have a copy of it here. The Oxford Handbook of the History of Eugenics. And we'll look it up. And... There it is. So there's two versions. Both are borrowable. And so we could presumably look up page 156 after we log in and borrow the book. Da da da. da. Okay, so anyway, that's interesting. So there's some information about the IFEO and there's nothing about the World Health Organization in here, right? Or the WHO. So the Council of Eugenics, the Council on Eugenics, no. So again, this is just about eugenics. I mean, this is interesting. And actually, I do want to know more about this. So I'll come back to this later for my own research, but presumably not important for this. Now, this is the interesting thing. Eugenics and Depopulation blogspot, September 2009. Let's see if there's anything about Kissinger in here. Kissinger. Uh, Okay, talking about NSSM... Oh, National Security Council document 20506. See, I know about NSM 200 or whatever that was called. The National Security Memorandum that's often cited about starving people in order to get sterilization in the books. Uh, The directive came from the WHO and was tied to Kissinger's report. Kissinger population. The directive. So they're obviously referring to... A specific directive here from the who anyway let's find out what the other kissinger reference okay so that's all they're talking about with kissinger there's no quote from a speech about mandatory vaccination but there's clearly stuff in here that is relevant is there not uh we the side, do not recognize the authority of the who to mandate general forced vaccinations so here it is here's something about forced vaccinations under the auspices of the who here's a link Ah, right. During a pandemic, it may be necessary to overrule existing legislation or individual human rights. Examples are the enforcement of quarantine, use of privately owned buildings for hospitals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, interesting. And here's a link to apparently, is this a real WHO document? It sure is. Let's see if they have that exact text and they're not just making up. During a pandemic, during a pandemic. Oops, I think I skipped over one there, didn't I? Uh, during a pandemic, it may be necessary to overrule existing legislation or individual human rights. Examples are the enforcement of quarantine, use of privately owned buildings, off-licensing, compulsory vaccination. All right, so here is exactly what this type of fake news maneuver is about. Putting out some quote, from Kissinger that there's no uh, there's no basis for believing that quotation exists. If there is, I'll keep digging. I'll see if I can find anything. I tend to believe that is not a real quotation, but there really is this document from the WHO, um, which seems to be from 2005, epidemic alert and response, which is talking about the need to over yeah 2005. It's talking about the need to override the uh, the uh, your pesky little rights and freedoms in the name of mandatory vaccinations, compulsory quarantine, etc., which shouldn't be surprising because, of course, all of this was codified in with the international health regulations passed, I believe, in 2006, that treaty, um, which codified the public health emergency of international concern, which allowed for all sorts of extraordinary emergency measures to be implemented in the name of, say, a globally spreading pandemic virus, etc. Anyway, you see, you see how this works. One thing can lead you to another, can lead you to another, and suddenly you can find some other thing that you had no idea even existed. But, oh, this is what they're trying to cover up with some fake Kissinger quote that's going to get people looking in the weeds and over here for things, something that doesn't exist about some organization that doesn't exist. Meanwhile, the WHO, in the public document, on their website, in their own words, is li- literally saying, "We yeah, in the event of emergency, we should be able to jab you with anything we like. Human freedoms be damned, but don't look at that. Look at this fake Kissinger quote, right? So anyway, I hope you understand the value of this type of information that that uh, and the ways that it, we can be distracted by false leads, etc. And hopefully, just in this little demonstration, I know it. It's just a taste, but I hope you get an idea of how you go about searching things and different ways that you can do it and different tools that you can use to do that. There's, again, the question, how do you research, has a billion answers because every single question has a different, uh, I have different things that I can look at or do or leads to follow. But anyway, I hope it gives you some ideas for how I would go about starting. research into these various things. I don't think I came to a definitive conclusion on any of these questions. I would obviously do more research on any one of them before coming to a definitive answer to any of these questions. But I've started the process at any rate, and I hope you can see that. Um, At any rate, that's That's it. That's how I do it. And I hope this has been useful for you. And if so, um, please do let me know if you'd like to see further iterations of this in the future, maybe regarding specifically that question of how to distill this type of information into a podcast and then how to actually record and execute a podcast, something along those lines. Those are the types of practical things I can teach. CorbettReport.com, Thank you for your time and your attention.